I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 22. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Today, I want to introduce you to an author that I read over and over again. I never tire of a writing, and I receive new insights with every exposure that I have to her. Her name is Elizabeth Googe. In Britain, actually, her name is pronounced Goose, but we Brit, we British and Americans um, don't always agree on pronunciation. So her name is spelled G-O-U-D-G-E. So I pronounce it the way it's spelled, but I believe it should be pronounced Goose. She was born in 1900 in Wells Cathedral, and she didn't write her first book until she was 34 years old, I mean, for publication. Her, her first book wasn't published, I should have said, until she was 34 years of age. But she is a woman that has had a tremendous impact on my life. I first heard of her many, many years ago. I was speaking at a small Anglican church in Wheaton, Illinois. And after I spoke, there were several British people in the audience. And they came up to me and said, we can't believe you didn't mention Elizabeth Googe. And I said, well, who is Elizabeth Googe? And they all went, oh, oh, she doesn't know. Oh, my word. And then they all started gathering around me and telling me titles. And I'm furiously scribbling them. And it started that day, kind of a lifelong quest to find her books. Back then, they were a little bit easier to find. My public library had a whole shelf of her books. They've since sadly been discarded probably for 50 cents at a sale and people are spending I have a book now that I just was doing some research before recording this and it's worth a thousand dollars so her books are in very high demand my book happens to be a first edition and very very rare but her books are so loved I like to say she has a cult following so she wrote uh primarily during the time of World War II and after. But her childhood was really key in shaping who she was and what she wrote about. She was an only child. She was homeschooled. And she never married. Her father was a a professor of theology. And she was raised in cathedral towns in Britain. So she was raised in her earlier years at Wells Cathedral, in in Wells, you know, her dad worked at Wells Cathedral, I should say. And then they moved to Ely, and he was a canon at that cathedral. And then he was given a huge honor and was the Regius Professor of Divinity at Oxford as she was into her adult life. And her mom was very ill, kind of fragile. Her mom was a very unique person. She came from a prominent French family uh, in the Channel Islands on the island of Guernsey. And after Elizabeth Googe was born, her mom became ill and basically was very, very fragile throughout Elizabeth's life until her her mom died. Elizabeth, as I said, was homeschooled, but eventually she studied art and weaving and design at kind of a branch of Christ Church, Oxford. And she uh, studied also in Reading and taught Uh, art and weaving, which is interesting because that's something that I, that's my background as well, art and weaving. Uh, After her, when her mom became really fragile, I should say, and her dad was promoted to Oxford, 
um, as the Regius professor there, she and her mom moved out of Oxford because it was so busy and noisy. And she lived in a little bungalow. In 1932, they moved into it and she started writing. And I'm so glad she did. I wanted to share with you some of the books that have been tremendously influencing in my life and I hope will be in yours. Um, I thought I'd start with maybe some of her earlier books. She wrote a little book called Island Magic, was, which was really her first novel, and it did bring her some fame. It's, it's a, quite a good book. It's not her best, of course, but it is quite a good book. And then uh, she continued to write, and I don't need to necessarily go in chronological order, but um, she wrote The Little White Horse, and it got the, uh, it received, I should say, the Carnegie Medal, which is comparable to our Newbery um, here in America. She won the Carnegie Medal for The Little White Horse, which is a, a book for children that has no age. And um, interestingly, J.K. Rowling cited it as her personal favorite book. And I think that's good taste on her part because it is a brilliant elegantly written fantasy book for children that I never tire of. It is just a delightful book. She also wrote a trilogy on a family called the Elliots, and this may be something that she's quite well known for in England. The first book is called The Bird in the Tree. The second book is called Pilgrim's Inn or uh, The Herb of Grace. And the third book is called The Heart of the Family, the, the final part of the trilogy. And it's a story of a woman named Lucilla and her family, her, her sons and uh, her daughter, and then also her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And it is the most engaging trilogy. I read it over and over again. And those were actually the first books of hers that I read and just fell in love with her writing. Elizabeth Googe is a bit mystical. She has deep spiritual truths in her books. Um, she, she has themes of redemption and healing and restoration and um, doing the hard thing. I particularly love her book, The Bird in the Tree, where she really addresses the issue of renunciation of our own wishes and then the embracing of sacrificial things for a bigger purpose than our own. I love those books. And then she wrote The Scent of Water, which is a story of a very successful British woman in business in London who, as a little girl, had been exposed to her great aunt, I believe. Maybe it was just her aunt, but I, it was someone quite elderly. So I think it was her great aunt, Mary. And she was inadvertently named after her. Her parents didn't really intend to do so, but her aunt thought she had been named after her. And she invited her to come as a little girl with her father. And uh, they go to visit the auntie. And she's a little eccentric. The house is very old, very quaint in this beautiful, small country town. And 
her auntie shows her these little miniatures that are made of crystal and different things and she has a whole collection of them and then soon after that they have to leave and her father dies and never brings her back to see the auntie again so as a grown very successful woman she comes uh, to a place in life where she's not super satisfied things are a little not not quite up to her standards and she receives a letter that her great aunt had left her her home in this country town and she thinks well what would I ever use with that and she's going to just say to the realtor oh please sell it and then something stops her and she decides to move there and when she does she has a complete change of life and <clears throat> excuse me course it's a, a wonderful wonderful book and um, the writing is is beautifully done then another book that has been very influential in my life is a book called the rosemary tree about a british anglican vicar and his wife and their daughters and there are two elderly women in the book one that is really a prayer warrior and an influence for christ and the other that has really embraced darkness and then how these two women create kind of an influence and a circle and how the family is drawn to the light and away from the darkness and and the restoration of of a marriage the restoration of the children and um, her books make you feel closer to God and wanting to be a better person as a result of reading them always. It's kind of like going on a vacation or taking a shower and just being washed in edification and uplifting thoughts and goodness. Do you have questions about homeschooling? Maybe you're wondering what a typical day looks like or how to meet your child's need for socialization. With so many different options, how do you find an approach that fits your family like a glove. For more than three decades, I've helped families implement my research-based method in their homes with great success. For the first time ever, I've put all my basic resources in a topic-based online class called All About Homeschool. All About Homeschool provides the framework you need to educate your children simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. This class teaches everything you need to know. You'll learn how to take a literature-based approach, begin with the end in mind, and use nutrition to help children thrive in all aspects of their lives. You can return to this comprehensive resource again and again as it speaks to every step of your homeschooling journey. To learn more, visit my website by clicking the link in this episode's show notes where you'll find everything you need to start learning today. Now back to the show. She wrote several juvenile books, which I read over and over again. One is a very small book called I Saw Three Ships, which is a Christmas story. And then I mentioned The Little White Horse. And then Linnets and Valerians, which is another juvenile book about a family of four children going to live with their great uncle. And he's very eccentric and very brilliant and... Um, it's just an imaginative, fun, there's some mystery in it. But my favorite of her juvenile books 
are the books that talk about my my friend Henrietta. Henrietta is a little girl who's in an orphanage and grandfather who is a I believe he's a canon in the cathedral in the book he's very elderly and he is a custodian or trustee of the orphanage and he visits one day and he sees little Henrietta and something about their hearts just bear witness with each other and he announces to the matron that he's adopting her and taking her home and the matron thinks he's lost his mind and he takes her home and his wife grandmother who's one of my favorite characters she's very dry and very outspoken and she says are you crazy at our age we're going to adopt this little girl but they'd already had to adopt their grandson um, through a series of events with the war and so grandfather felt like he needed a playmate and they adopt Henrietta and so Elizabeth Googe writes three books about her. One is A City of Bells, which is an incredible book. I read it over and over again about Henrietta and her impact on this little cathedral city and um, the disappearance of her father, who is a poet and an artist. And then the sequel to it is called The Sister of Angels, which is about... Um, many of you are familiar with Fra Angelica, which of course that wasn't his real name, but he was a monk at, um, at the convent of San Marcos in uh, Florence. And um, he was so angelic in his appearance and in his behavior that the brothers called him Brother Angel, Fra Angelico. And so in uh, this book, Sister of the Angels, an artist who's struggling deeply in his life uh, has an encounter with Henrietta and he calls her Sor Angelica, sister of the angels. And because she is an artist as well as he and their lives intermingle and she is used to really restore and redeem this very troubled, hurting man who's, who's really buried under a guilt, uh, load of guilt and shame. I wanted to read you a little excerpt from the third book about Henrietta called Henrietta's House. Uh, that's the British title. In America, it's called These Blue Hills, I believe. I don't have a copy of it, but I believe that's The Blue Hills. That's right. It's called The Blue Hills. But um, the, the edition that I have when I received it as a gift many years ago from my son, and when the lady in Cape Cod at the bookstore uh, knew that he was ordering it for me, it was very expensive, and she said, now, is this going to a good home? Because this is the only edition of this in the United States. And, um, you know, she was kind of vetting him to make sure that the book was going to be safe. And he said, ma'am, you obviously don't know my mother. <laughs> and so it was just a really sweet story in a book that I treasure. But I wanted to read you a little excerpt from, from Henrietta's house or the Blue Hills. The old gentleman looked a trifle bewildered. You seem to have a great many adopted relatives, he said. Yes, said Henrietta, I have. And I get quite tired running from one to the other to see if they're getting on all right. What I need is a house of my own. Excuse me. Where I can collect them all together under one roof now and then and sit down comfortably and love them in peace and quiet. 
Then if that charming young bookseller is not your father, who is? asked the bewildered old gentleman. Henrietta sat up very straight, her backbone stiffened by her ineffable pride, and her face shone as though a light had been lit inside her head. My father is Gabriel Ferranti, the famous poet, she said. Ha, said the old gentleman, really? And suddenly he looked very pleased about something, though he didn't tell Henrietta what it was that he was pleased about. My father is a very wonderful man, went on Henrietta. He's tall and thin, and he wears gay clothes that are quite different from other people's clothes, and he tells wonderful fairy stories. Sometimes I think he is a fairy tale man himself, for he looks like the pictures of the Pied Piper of Hamelin, and when you catch hold of him, you feel he might vanish at any moment. She looked at the old gentleman, his tiny figure almost lost in the voluminous folds of his long brown coat. You're just the same, she said. It wouldn't surprise me to look up suddenly and find you weren't there. Then the light in her face faded a little. Father mostly isn't there, she said sadly. He won't stay still in one place. He likes to travel and see the strange sights of the world. And when he's writing a poem, he goes far away over the hills, and we none of us know where he is. How very awkward, said the old gentleman. It is awkward. It's very awkward to love someone and have them write you lovely long letters with no address at the top except a garden in Spain or an orchard in the West Country. How can I address to answers like that? I've tried and my letters don't get there. Felicity goes away a lot too, but she leaves a proper address. And so does Hugh Anthony when he goes to school. But father won't. He says he can't write a proper poem if people like banks and butchers keep writing him letters about overdrafts and legs of mutton he hasn't paid for. But I'm not a banker or a butcher. I don't want to write to him about overdrafts. I don't even know what they are. I just want to write and tell him how much I love him. So that's a little window into Henrietta and her spunk and her character and her sweet and gentle spirit. She's the little girl that you just are going to fall in love with when you read these three books about her. And then probably a, a book that I like greatly, and I don't think it's as well known of Elizabeth Gouge's books, but I really like it, is a little book called The Castle on the Hill. The Castle on the Hill, and it takes place during the Blitz in London when children are all uh, sent out of London's because of, you know, potentially being bombed. And these two little sisters get sent out of London on a train with a tag around their neck like a package. And this sweet lady on the train really connects with them. And as, as it would happen, their lives intertwine. intertwine. I can't talk when they get to where they're headed. And there's a a minstrel, really a street minstrel, a Jewish gentleman who's a gifted musician, but he's basically playing for coins on the street in London. And he uh, falls into the train that she's on, and they wind up all living in the same beautiful town out, uh, out in the country. And the two little children are two little Cockney children called Moppet and Poppet. And they are really unique and delightful. Elizabeth Googe had such understanding of children, even though she'd never been a mother. 
And she had such understanding of relationships, and yet she'd really lived a pretty sheltered life. I, I read her book sometimes, and I just marvel at her insights and the depths of her understanding. And I think, how did she know this stuff? But the masterpiece, I think, of, of her life is a little book called The Dean's Watch. The Dean's Watch. And it's about a dean of a cathedral. Uh, he's very stiff and proper and dignified. And he has a very lonely, cold marriage. And he intersects with a poor clockmaker and watchmaker named Isaac and a little scullery maid who is just a bright light in his life. And this little man, Isaac, and this powerful, intimidating man, Adam, find such shared community together. They're both lonely. They both love things of beauty. They both love clocks. They both love God in their own ways. And how their two lives, as they weave together, um, are impacted and changed. And oh, I read this book over and over again. And I do consider, in terms of writing ability, it to be her absolute masterpiece. So I want to rec recommend her books. I kind of hesitate to do it, though, because her books can be so hard to find. But if you can find them, I only, of course, like them in hardback, but I think you may be able to find some of them in paperback more easily. And at least that will get you started in your love affair with this gifted, charming, very deeply spiritual writer who you will read over and over again, because every time you do, you'll see something new just as I do. So blessings as you read my friend, Elizabeth Googe. Thanks for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, Carol with an E at the end, joyside.com to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably.